Welcome to the Uncommon Lungs Podcast, hosted by me, Julia Ray, and brought to you by Everyday CF. This podcast is sponsored by Vertex Pharmaceuticals Incorporated, and all participants have been compensated by Vertex. Views expressed are those of the host or guests and are not necessarily shared by Vertex. Nothing discussed on the podcast should be considered medical advice. Such advice should only be provided by a medical professional. Remember, everyone's experience with cystic fibrosis, or CF, is different. So it's important to talk to a doctor before making any changes to your routine or engaging in physical activity. For more about this podcast, visit uncommonlungs.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy hearing these perspectives from the cystic fibrosis community. The realities of a chronic condition like CF that is present at birth and requires long-term comprehensive care and treatment can be hard to grasp. For parents who have not dealt with a chronic condition before, having a child with CF can turn their entire world upside down. Between special dietary needs, treatments, and the enormous time commitment of caring for a sick child, staying on top of expenses can take a toll on caregivers. Our next guest wants you to know that if you are a caregiver going through financial hardship, you are not alone. We um, want them to be prepared when they get older. They're going to be the ones that are refilling these prescriptions, that are doing these kinds of things. Um, And I never want them to feel like it is a burden. I never want them um, to stress about that. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Uncommon Lungs podcast, where we share different perspectives from the cystic fibrosis community. I'm your host, Julia Ray, singer, actress, and advocate for people living with this disease. As you may know, I have CF, and while it impacts me every day, it has not stopped me from pursuing my dreams. The same is true for so many in this community, and I hope hearing their stories will give you insight into our everyday lives and inspiration for the future. Today, I'm speaking with Megan, who is a total rock star in the CF community. She is a mom of three who is not a stranger to making difficult financial decisions, and I am positive her story will resonate with so many, as it has for me. I so appreciate you being here, Megan. Would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah. So, hey, everyone. I'm Megan, and um, I live in Birmingham, Alabama. I've got twin sons, Campbell and Merritt, who are living with CF. And we have a little girl, Maylee, who is three, um, and she is a carrier. Um, I stay at home as uh, their caregiver, and um, the boys will start kindergarten this year, so I'm really excited about that. Um, You know, it's been really interesting with them, though. Um, We've got one who's like the, um, he always has issues with his lungs. And then the other, um, who always has issues like with his pancreas and digestion. So that's been um, a really, I don't know, fun, hard thing to manage, um, considering that they're twins. And you would think, you know, it should all be the same. But um, yeah, that's a little about me. And such a testament to, we always iterate how everyone's battle with CF is different and here you have twins and and clearly it's the case for them as well. 
um, how you just have to treat everyone's path uniquely. Um, and I'm sure as a mom, you're doing that for, for both of your boys. Have you found, uh, being the mom of two chronically ill children, there, that there have been major financial challenges that you've had to face? And I'd love to hear how you've overcome them. Yeah, so right. When, so the boys were diagnosed at 15 days old. And uh, when we were in there um, at the care center, they kind of talked to us about like, you know, who's going to be caring for the boys. And um, obviously, like you want it to be you, you want to walk this journey with them. And so I stopped working as a teacher. And that really put pressure on my husband. Um, you know, he was our sole income then. Um, and that we hadn't even started, you know, all the medications and treatments at that point, but adding all of that in, you realize just, um, how much of a struggle it was. Um, and there were times and there still are times that we've had to ask our family and tell our family that this is what we need. Um, and so they've been so just great about that. You know, the we get a care package. This is funny from my mom. Um, and they are not in the same state as us. And we get a care package like every month of new nebulizers. And it's just that is helpful. That's, um, you know, it seems like a small thing, but it's it, it just every little thing that they do. And um, it just adds up. So things like that have been really helpful. I'm sure. And just to know that the fight of your boys is always on, you know, your mom's mind to that extent is such a powerful reminder for you to know that you have that support. And, you know, you mentioned asking for help. I think the vulnerability that that takes and is it's so courageous and I think so important and an important lesson for so many of us to learn that asking for help is is a strength and not a weakness. I think so too. I um I think in the beginning, especially like those first two years, um, I my husband and I, we didn't realize how much we were grieving. Um and part of that was just like we wanted to kind of like tuck it all away to ourselves because it was hard. And, um, I think we've learned that reaching out, um, especially to family, but also just like other people in the CF community is what has helped us so much. Um, there's so many people to learn from, um, and there, it's just a great way to, with such an isolating disease to talk to somebody that understands is like, I mean, can just change your perspective in an instant. So, absolutely, which is why it's it's a, it's so valuable that you're sharing your story today with us. So, I want to thank you again for that. Uh, how have you managed to balance expenses and and paying for the treatments and the care and other needs of your children, um, all three of them, as a family? So, we have been very lucky to be like guided to some resources. Um, our care center in Texas was able to teach us about a grant that I apply for um, every year. And um, that has been so helpful because it's there's like a vitamins and supplement part and a treatment part. And um, we go through that grant <laughs> every year. Um, 
probably by August it's, it's done. Um, but having that as a resource has really helped, um, alleviate like those little co-pays that kind of add up. Um, and I mean, just, we have the boys on a special protein shake and just that expense is a lot. (laughs) Um, and, having the grant really takes the pressure off and it's not something that we, you know, they have to have, but it is something that, um, has helped them continue to stay healthy. Um, and so we feel like it's been a great choice. Yeah. It's a, it's a constant struggle balancing, like what are the most important decisions to make? And when you look at all of your finances, I know that's something that I have to do. Uh, but it sounds like this protein shake is something that keeps their baseline where it needs to be and keep them healthy. And I think that that's an important decision that you've made as a mom, as their mom. Uh, You mentioned the grants. I happen to know how time-consuming grants can be in the application process. You know, how do you manage, you know, applying for those grants, managing the finances for your family, and also managing being a mom of three kids? You know, CF or not, being a mother of three children is a lot uh, of time management skills. Yeah, I think... um your point about the grant, like literally every January, I am like, I'm about to have to go through this whole process, um, but it is worth it. Um, and I think that, yes, there's like so many things, even just with three little kids, life is crazy. Um, but there was a point when we like came out of the grief that I realized I needed to mentally take better care of myself. And so I um, had started um, going to counseling and it has been just life changing to be able to speak to somebody about all those, you know, all those thoughts and all the fears that I have. Um, But in turn, like even that with finances, like there are times when like, you know, I don't go to a session because um, we are, you know, paying for all the medications and things that the boys need. Um, so that's a sacrifice, um, but it's worth it. Um, a really great thing for me is I joined a community and I work out with a ton of really great women here in Birmingham. And um, that's kind of like helped the gap of like not having counseling when I'm not able to do it. Um, but I think just again, part of that is just being vulnerable about, um, what we're going through and my fears. And most of the time I leave those sessions and I'm like, okay, we're doing okay. Um, and so, yeah. I think mental health is such an important aspect of managing life with a chronic illness and being the caregiver of, of two young children with a, with chronic illnesses. So I think taking that time for yourself is crucial as the head of your household as you manage all of this. So I'm so glad that you've figured out how to ask for that help, how to get it, and then also this community of women to work out. I, I, for me, working out is is my daily therapy. And I know what it does for for the mind and the heart as you kind of tackle these long days with your boys and your daughter. So I'm so glad that you've found that time. I would be so interested in knowing what your plans are saving long-term for for your children since we've talked about short-term financial planning. 
um, whether that's factored in and, and what you've done and how you're looking at that. Yeah. So I think that's like always in the back of our mind is um, I think we're at a great point to be able to <laughs> honestly, like I kind of take it as like a, a good thing to be worrying about them in their future. Um, and I see them in college. I see them thriving. Like, um, and so that just means like there's hope there. <laughs> um, and so we um, want them to be prepared when they get older. They're going to be the ones that are refilling these prescriptions, that are doing these kinds of things. Um, and I never want them to feel like it is a burden. I never want them um, to stress about that. Um, and I think maybe that's been a really hard thing for me is like I I used to like sob when I would fill their prescriptions <laughs> because um, they would literally ha- like tell us to pull up in the drive through because they had two bagfuls of medicine. And I mean, I would for the first year, just sob every time. Like, I can't believe that this is happening. (laughs) Um, I remember filling their prescriptions and I mean, it wasn't even their prescriptions. It was the trigger was the applesauce (laughs) just to take their enzymes. And, um, but just realizing that like, that's our reality. And for me, that caused a lot of anxiety because I never, I don't know. I just feel like they're going to have this moment of like, this is my reality. And I want them to not look at it and be overwhelmed. I want them to look at it and realize what an incredible like journey it's been. Um, And that's going to be from just the care teams and the people we've met and, um, the researchers that we've, I mean, we just met a researcher um, here in Birmingham who's dedicating their life to this. And um, just, I just want them to see the big picture and I don't want them to be overwhelmed. Um, And I think that us planning and making sacrifices now, like we, we're not going on big summer trips. We're not doing big, crazy adventures right now. Um, and that's just cause we're, we want to save for them, um, because they are thriving and they will continue to thrive. Um, and so we never want finances. We never want their CF. We never, we don't want anything to get in their way. Um, they have got an incredible purpose and we are ready to see it. So And I have full faith that with you as their mom, they will see the bigger picture that you see for them in their lives and their future. So they have, they have the right mom at the helm guiding their way. (laughs) Megan, you're, you're so wise. You've been through so much with your boys. And as a young mom, I have to imagine the advice that you would have for another caregiver would be so wise. So could you impart some wisdom on our listeners and advice you would give to caregivers as they look to financial planning for their, for their children? I think that, um, the big thing is 
just be open with your journey. Be open about where you are at. I'm saying that as I'm talking about finances, your emotions, um, what you need. Um, there are going to be so many people that are around you during this journey and during this diagnosis, but they haven't been there. They don't know how to help. And so sometimes that just means like, we have to tell them, I need you to, um, even if it's, Hey, this week is, you know, crazy. I need you to bring me dinner. Like, I don't know how many times like just dinner has been a blessing. Um, but being vulnerable and sharing your story, I just can't even, um, tell you like how many times I have felt this like nudge in me to just be like, just, you know, share about the boys to people that we've just met. Um, actually we were, um, (laughs) we were at the beach last week and the boys were playing with these little kids that, you know, seemed to be their age and, um, their grandparents were sitting next to us. So we start talking, where are you from? All the things. And, um, they had mentioned that, oh, wow, like they look so similar, like in height and body weight, talking about the, each of the boys. Um, and we're like, yeah, you know, and I thought I could go into detail about like, yes, they're like not as big as we would hope. Um, or I could just, you know, be silent. And I decided that, no, that was my nudge. And so I told them, yeah, actually, you know, they're living um, with cystic fibrosis. And um, uh, she paused and said, you mean cystic fibrosis? And I'm like, yes, both of the boys are. My sister is 70 and she has, yeah. And so then you can imagine the conversations we had after that. But my point is, I mean, we wouldn't have had that connection. We wouldn't have made that connection. We literally text each other now. Um, We just met a week ago um, because we decided to share our story and we decided to, you know, kind of share our struggle. And so it's uncomfortable. It's not fun. You're not sharing this like picture perfect social media, like whatever. Um, but I think the connections, um, that you make by just telling people, um, what you're going through has been our biggest blessing in this whole thing. Um, so lean into your care team, tell them what you need. They're going to guide you to resources and lean into social media. (laughs) I know that's crazy, but, I'm able to connect with so many other caregivers and people living with CF. um, And just to connect with them has really helped us to keep going. You feel so alone sometimes and you're not. Um, And so don't be afraid to just send a random DM to somebody that might be, um, you know, sharing their story. And um, I think that's just been, like I said, a really great thing. Um, So Lean into your tribe is what I always say. Um, you've got a big one and it may not feel like it in the beginning, but um, people really do care about um, the CF community and um, it's been really cool to see. 
such great advice. You know, it is your story. It's it's your truth, and it's it's real when you when you share it. And and I think the anecdote you just shared with us is a testament to when you're open and willing to share the beautiful connections and the power of sharing your story can have. And I'm sure just hearing her sister's story has brought you so much hope and comfort as the mother of your two boys. Uh, and I think, I hope listeners hearing this today feel empowered to share their story in a new way after hearing you share yours. So thank you so much for your vulnerability today, Megan. I so appreciated having this conversation. I know our listeners will appreciate hearing it. So thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed my time with you and um, hopefully we'll chat again soon. There's so much to unpack here and we are lucky enough to have clinical social worker Amanda here with us today. Amanda, can you please tell us about yourself and your credentials? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get to be a part of this. So again, I'm Amanda. I am a licensed clinical social worker. Um, Here at my facility, I work as a licensed clinical therapist, as well as our CF team social worker and mental health coordinator. And I have felt very lucky to have gotten to work with uh, our families for almost 24 years now. Wow. So grateful to have your expertise with us today as we reflect on Megan's story, which she was so brave to share with us. And I think she's been used to sharing her story because she has asked for help in the past uh, and in her in her current state. So I think I would love to hear what your advice is to on how to approach a situation like Megan's. Well, um, again, in my years of working with our families, Megan's story is is a common one that I get to hear. And again, just so appreciate her sharing that with us and with our audience. Um, having to make some of those tough life decisions around finances are, are hard. And just helping uh, families to feel that that's okay to share with their CF care teams, I think, is, is a really important thing. Um, and making that very tough decision about whether she should work or not, it reminds me of an exercise I commonly do with our families called uh, a decisional balance. And in that exercise, we go over what are the pros and cons of making a decision. Because every decision, even life, even the decision to not make a change does come with some some goods and not so good parts. So uh, for instance, working with Megan, um, I might have asked questions, okay, what would be some of the goods of, of working and what are the not, not so good parts about working right now? And then flip it. What would be some of the um, unfortunate costs of, of not working as well as the benefits? And then that way you're able to equally look at all sides of the equation and it helps it to be a little bit more practical instead of sometimes the big emotions that can come out when we think about those big decisions uh, and helps people to make a more informed choice, but also recognizing that what, while we're gaining something, this is what we have to be aware of that we, um, we might be losing or just try to keep in the back of our minds. What a great exercise to recommend, and I think it does shift your perspective and allow you to look at it through a different lens when you're when you're making these big decisions that, like you said, are tied to your emotions. I mean, finances, when you get into it, there's a lot of emotion tied to it. After you've done an exercise like that and you've made that big life decision, what do you recommend caregivers do to find financial support that they're in need of? 
Well, I, I know talking about finances can feel um, very embarrassing, and, and I've had a lot of families kind of share that they almost feel guilty bringing up the, the, this conversation because they're worried that uh, it might be conceived a, as a judgment from the center, like, hey, I have to think about paying for this medication. I'm not sure how I can do that. Um, so again, just being able to normalize, it's okay to talk about this because we know it, it's just how uh, it's just part of what your your family is going through. Um, so one of the things, uh, biggest things to take into consideration that is your state might have more resources than you know. And if you don't ask, we don't. We may not necessarily tell you. Um, so each state has different state resources that might be available to them. Um, some states are very lucky to have particular um, programs that are more um, chronic disease or, or specialty in those regards uh, available, while other states um, might just be more income-based. Um, so your care center would know sp more specifically what are the resources available in your area. There are um, a lot of wonderful uh, grants that are out there that can help cover some of the medical expenses for families, um, from uh, prescription copay costs to uh, vitamins and other nutritional supplements that are just so vital to helping our young people um, and adults uh, stay healthy as they as they live uh, their life with CF. So great. And, and you mentioned uh, some, a motto that I live by, which is if you don't knock on a door, it won't open. And I think that applies to the grant situation, that if you if you don't ask and you don't apply for them, you won't get that help. Uh, that seems to be true, even something that you say to your patients. Very much so. And um, a common kind of follow up as we talk about some of these grants and programs, I might hear that, oh, I don't want to take that money from somebody else. There's so many more other deserving uh, families. And so I, I kind of challenge them a little bit back. Well, what makes you not deserving? You're just as deserving as anyone else. And a lot of these grant programs are designed to be a helpful resource. So it's not taking money that would be going to somebody else. This is money that is designed and out there to help with specific needs. So if it's not utilized, no one's take getting the benefit. Sometimes there are other grants that are out there that may not necessarily cover medical expenses, but might be out there to help support other needs that a family might have that kind of helps free up some of their family budget. So I think of recreational grants that might pay for sports or activity that, that keeps a body active and healthy, emotional wellness grants that might be there to help for counseling or yoga sessions. So um, there are so many grants that are out there. And um, again, they're just there to be used. So please use them. Them. Absolutely. And, and you're reminding me of when I was going to college applying for uh, disease-specific scholarships that are available. And I know Megan was talking about sending her boys to college. So I think keeping all of those things in mind and always asking for help when you need it and finding these resources and, and taking advantage of them. Because as Amanda said, if they're not used, they're just not used and they're sitting there. So someone's got to get them. So go after them, ask for help when you need it. This was so valuable. Thank you, Amanda. Oh, thank you so much. This was a tough topic, but I love how our guests both emphasized how important it is to normalize conversations about the financial side of CF and to tap into your support system and all the resources available for this community. It is a huge part of what we deal with on a daily basis, and there's nothing wrong with making that known and asking for support however we can. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Uncommon Lungs. If you like this podcast and want us to keep making more, please consider subscribing. And for more CF resources, daily tips, and recipes, visit everyday-cf.com. 
on the next episode of Uncommon Lungs. That was the first time I really got to, you know, face face the decision of like what what I want to optimize for. And, and for me, that was work-life balance right out of school. And it's continued to be that way ever since.